Welcome to Sexology, a podcast that untangles the science of sex and pleasure. And now, with this week's episode, your host, clinical psychologist, Dr. Nazanin Moali. Hello and welcome to episode 111 of Sexology Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Nazanin Moali. I wanted to start this episode by saying how grateful I am for those of you who wrote us reviews on iTunes. The more reviews we get on iTunes, it helps us to reach a broader audience. So if you have a moment and you like this show, I really appreciate it if you write a review on iTunes. Today, we're going to talk about uh, what are some of the reasons that people open up their relationships. As you know, uh, we have several therapists, psychologists, sex educators talked about various kinds of relationship and types of relationship that people have. We had an episode on swinging. We had one on non-monogamous relationships. And there are different formats for relationships. And it's interesting to see that people choose different forms of relationship for different reasons. My guest today is Dr. Lourdes Viado. Dr. Lourdes Viado and I were talking about how sometimes we see in our practices that people make decisions that definitely negatively impact their relationships and how we can support our clients and our listeners with giving them psychoeducation on how to make better decisions. So if you are thinking about kind of opening up your relationship, your marriage, or kind of curious about this topic, this is an excellent episode to check out. Our guest is Dr. Viada, as I mentioned. She is a depth psychologist providing psychotherapy for adults in her private practice in Las Vegas, Nevada, as well as mentorship and consulting services to the clients worldwide. She is also the host of Top Rated Women in Depth podcast. This podcast is a conversation about the inner lives of women, which has been downloaded over 225,000 times in 96 countries. Without further ado, here's my conversation with Dr. Lourdes Viado. Hello and welcome to another episode of Sexology Podcast. I am so excited and honored to have my colleague and fellow podcaster, Dr. Lourdes Viado, in our show. Lourdes, welcome to our show. Hi, thank you so much for having me. You know, I love your podcast. It's just you, you talk about this range of interesting and important conversations. And I'm very excited about our conversation today because I know as a therapist, you uh, work with a range of different clients and couples. And I wanted to talk a little bit about open relationships. I'm kind of curious about what are some of the different types of the open relationship you have worked with in your practice? So what I have seen in my practice uh, seem to be, these are, the, these are the issues, or I guess these are what the relationships are dressed up as when they come in. So there's sometimes what we would call, I guess, polyamory which is a relationship configuration where people openly have multiple sexual and or romantic relationships simultaneously. And everybody involved is aware of all of this and there's consent for all of that. So that is one form of relationship. And I've seen that specifically more so in the BDSM community 
that has been something that seems to be, I guess, a structure that the relationships take on. And then I also have worked with a lot of couples who are in open relationships, which there is a primary relationship where the couple is, um, you know, a monogamous main relationship. And then they're open to sexual contact with other people. And then this sexual contact can sometimes happen, you know, if they go out and they meet someone or it is uh, prearranged that this they know that this is someone who one of the members of the relationship has some type of sexual contact with. And then I also have worked with couples who are in what I guess is described as swinging, where it's more where a committed couple goes out and connects with other individuals for sexual for sexual contact only. And I think it's interesting that these things, at least based on my experience, are more common than what people are aware of, because I see it in my practice all the time. Yes, it's very, very common. I think it's more common than people realize. Yes, and I think it's when it's done thoughtfully, it's really working for some for some group of people. So I I wanted to hear about that. How do you how do you kind of I guess define open relationship? Well, I think the definition of the open relationship is up to the people involved because every open relationship is unique, and I think this is also where those in open relationships start to maybe get into um, some. St- some trouble or start to struggle because this isn't fully clarified at the beginning. And so um, an open relationship may be that there is a primary couple and maybe one member of the couple has another relationship where there is a emotional connection and a sexual connection. And that relationship is completely separate from the main relationship. Some open relationships can be where one or both partners have other relationships that are primarily sexual only in nature. Sometimes there are relationships where the agreement is that the sex can be only with a certain person or only with a certain gender or only under certain conditions that if you are going to engage in sexual contact with somebody else, I need to know about this. It has to happen in in this type of context. And so it's really important that those involved in open relationships have very clear guidelines and boundaries around what is going to work for them and what it's going to look like. Because when you just say, okay, we're having an open relationship and I'm okay with my um, husband having sex with other women. Okay. You have to really get clear on that. (laughs) There has to be like, so what does that mean? What does that look like? When can this happen? How are you going to know about it? How do you, do you talk about this aspect of your relationship with other people? What if other people find out? Can your partner just go out and find someone and let you know later? I mean, there's just, there's so much to it. And this is again, like I said, where people, you know, end up, I think, struggling and there are challenges because they don't have these very detailed conversations of this is what this is going to look like. This is how it will happen. You know, all of those things have to be clarified. And I agree with you about the importance of talking about this, this thing with the partners, because I think we had a few episodes ago, someone talked about fidelity agreement. And I think I'm kind of shocked now that I'm paying more attention that how partners, and, and I, I used to be in my own marriage, that are kind of vague about what is the fidelity agreement like? What would right. consider be cheating and 
what would be considered okay in the relationship. And it is such a kind of unique situation to each couple. So I think whether you are monogamous or non-monogamous, it's very important to talk about detail. Yeah, I think that actually, if you're going to be in any type of open relationship, it asks more of you as an individual and as an and as a a couple, or you know whatever the relationship structure is, because you really have to communicate about what's not okay, what's okay, what you need, what you want. If this changes at any time, so it, it requires even more than I think what, when we think of the standard, you know, vanilla garden variety relationship. Right. And I think, as you said, it requires lots of kind of like probing and asking and working in ourselves. So I'm kind of curious about to hear your thoughts about some of the questions that you think would be helpful for our listeners to ask themselves even before kind of opening up their relationship or having this conversation with their partners. I think the first thing that has to happen is you need to check in with how you're doing as a couple. Because I feel that often what can happen is because there's a challenge in the relationship, there can be an unconscious, you know, they're not really aware that they're doing this, or it could be more conscious avoidance of the issue by seeking something else outside of the relationship. So perhaps, you know, if the couple is dealing with some kind of struggles as far as finances or family stuff. And so they decide, you know, this might be fun to open up our relationship and and they do that. But then what what hasn't been addressed is that there are some issues that around trust with money that haven't been addressed. Or maybe there's a sense of betrayal around one of the partner's relationships with another family member that never gets brought up. And so I think it's important to check in with your relationship health. You know, how, how are we doing as a couple? Do I, do I feel and know that I can trust you and that you're there for me? Do we have any relationship traumas or wounds that have never really been fully addressed? Are our relationship needs, are we meeting them right now for each other of what we can bring to each other? One of the things that I think is really important is to be aware also as individuals in the couple, you know, how healthy am I as an, as an individual? Am I trying to seek a feeling or or accomplish something by you know opening up the relationship to to other people? Am I trying to get a feeling, avoid a feeling? Am I dealing with past wounding by bringing this in? And you know, just just one of the examples that seems to, to come up often is there'll be a couple and they open up their relationship, and one of the partners in the relationship really believes that they're okay with this. And then, you know, over time, it, it becomes, you know, it comes out that they really didn't want to do this, but they did it because they love their partner. They didn't want to lose their partner. And that this also goes back to, you know, early childhood family of origin experiences around losing love, being rejected, being losing the approval of someone when they disagreed or asked for what they wanted. And I agree with you. It's very important to be kind of thoughtful about why now? Why am I thinking about it right now? What's going on with myself, with my relationship? And being curious about what what causes this interest. I mean, again, there are people that are are in open relationships, working with them. For them, it's not coming from a place of woundedness. But similar to what you said, I also see at times people make decisions that are not coming from a place of kind of, I want to 
improve my life, it's coming from the place of I want to avoid certain feelings or emotions or issues. Yeah. yeah. And, and I, and I feel that, you know, again, po- uh, open relationships or polyamory or whatever, you know, whatever it looks like, it's not for everyone. But if you are interested in, in doing something like this, it's so important to make sure that you and the current relationship you're in are, are pretty healthy. And if, and, and that you're continuing to, to grow and learn. And, and this process of being in relationship is a ongoing reflection that you and your partner are engaging in. You know, how is this working for me? Is it still working for me? Is this what I thought it would be? Because uh, again, one of the things I see very often is maybe it's two or three years down the road and the person is now realizing that this isn't what I thought it was going to be. I, I agreed to this because, you know, I, I wanted to be loved. I didn't want to lose this person. I thought I could handle it. Sometimes people step into this thinking, you know, I'm, I'm okay with my partner having a sexual relationship with someone else. And then it turns out that they're not, you know, so I think being open to this continual, you know, self-assessment, relationship assessment, and continuing to ask for what you want and say what you need and express your feelings. And so it it requires, I think, an ability to be very honest with yourself and honest with the other, because the responsibility for each person is to not also be self-deceptive, you know, telling yourself that this works for you and when it really doesn't. And I love the idea of assessing if it's not working for you or not, as you mentioned it, because I feel sometimes in many things in life, things might look much nicer even some careers, some things, <laughs> some vacations. And when you were in the middle of it, think, oh my God, this is not what I thought it would be. This is not what I want. And I think it's important to have a certain way of kind of rechecking with yourself and with your partner so you can change things if it's not working for you. Yeah. I, and I think too that, you know, at the beginning, really asking yourself and each other, why do we want to do this? What are we, what are we hoping that this you know, brings into our lives and our relationships. Because, you know, one of the things that can happen too is, you know, you can say that we want to do this because it'll be fun and exciting. And, you know, we want really want to enjoy exploring these, the sexual aspect of ourselves. And what it turns out to be is it's not really about that for one of the partners or both. It's really because they, they're not really committed to the relationship, but they don't, they're not ready to let it go. And they want to engage in relationships with other people under the, I guess, the guise or the support of their partner. Does that make sense? Like, it's just. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Again, it's, it's can be even at times a transition kind of period for couples that, you know, this is no longer working and I need some time to kind of process this emotions. And then that's the time, I guess that's one version of opening up that I've seen. And I think too, you know, really asking yourself, am I able, if it's a sexual relationship, especially, am I able to have sex with another person and not become emotionally attached? And I think that is such an important thing because at least (laughs) (laughs) I hear it a lot, a lot from my uh, female friends and colleagues and clients talking about that, like for me, historically, sex and emotional connection has been together. So it would be hard for me if I would be able to kind of have this casual sex, I wouldn't be enjoying sex. So I guess it's important to know yourself and kind of see if this is on paper might look good, but is it going to work for you or not? 
And I think to not have any shame about that or not, not feel like, you know, there's something off because you, you connect emotionally with your partner along, you know, along with sexually. And it, this, this is a challenge for you because I think some women also, you know, want to, you know, I just want to have fun and I can, I'm strong and I'm secure with myself and it's just sex. And again, again, this goes back to what are you telling yourself and is it true? Right. Yeah. And I love the idea of kind of being comfortable with who you are because I feel these in this age and time, there's just like lots of pressure on people kind of like you got as a independent woman, you have to be able to have kind of casual sex or yeah. <laughs> you might, you have to be into kinky sex. If you like vanilla, it means that you're boring and all of those kind of negative messages. So I think there's nothing wrong with being who you are and it's just a matter of knowing yourself. Yeah, that's so true that sometimes just sexual connection between two people. That's just, I guess, what we would call the, people call it vanilla. Right. And vanilla, vanilla is my, my favorite ice cream flavor. There's nothing wrong with vanilla. Okay. <laughs> right. right. And I feel like all of these things, like, you know, that we do in the bedroom, it's it's a kind of journey that takes us to a place. And I think all of our journeys could be different. And there's, there is not a way that's better than the other ways. And I th- I find it fascinating that how, different things become trendy every few years and <laughs> everyone feels this pressure that they have to kind of fit, fit that in their kind of sexual schema. Yeah. So I think that, you know, the other thing too that I, I've seen is that when someone has gone through some type of trauma in their childhood, it's really important to, to do whatever healing work you need to do around that because I've found that childhood trauma from, you know, from what we think of with big trauma to the little trauma to emotional neglect can all, when it's unaddressed, can result in a person making choices, not from a place of health or potential, but from the level of their wounds. And so there can be this, you know, they really believe that I'm okay with being in this relationship where I'm being dominated and there are other people in the relationship, and this is my role. But as they start to notice feelings of anxiety, depression, anger coming up, and they begin to explore this, you're able to trace these threads back to, you know, a childhood where, you know, there was a very, there was a, there was no, no sense of this person being able to be their own person and having to maybe survive by being grateful for and accepting whatever they were given or that being loved meant they never stood up for themselves or asked for what they wanted. And so there's this uh, sense of if I go into this relationship and this is the structure and this is my role and this is what I have to do and then I'm in relationship, it, it's, it can be very convenient and seductive. And, and, and what it is, though, is it's about this unresolved, unaddressed part of their past that's now the driver, the motivator for the decisions they're making in the present. And once they begin to do the healing around what happened in the past, suddenly this relationship structure doesn't work for them anymore. And I think it is very important to kind of address these challenges, as you mentioned, in in therapy before kind of like making 
different shifts and changes. And I think you're absolutely, I see that you're right. I see the same pattern in my clients and the fact that, you know, sometimes they're telling me I'm repeating the same story over and over in different relationships and different kind of parts of my life. And when we get to root of it, it's coming from their childhood trauma and they're kind of repeating the patterns. So I think yeah. it's important for people to do it, maybe a deeper work to kind of realize what's going on and deeper ways. Yeah, absolutely. So for the couples that are thinking about kind of kind of like the assessment, they, they want to open up the relationship and they feel right now that might be a good fit. What are some of the tools that you feel is essential for navigating this path? I think, you know, again, what's absolutely necessary, once you've determined our relationship is healthy, I'm healthy as an individual and we're committed to growing and learning. I think the establishment of guidelines around when we're going to check in and that this is a continually evolving experience and uh, we will bring our needs, our wants, things that aren't working for us to the table and we will do this. And I'm committed to that honesty to you and you're committed to express that honesty with me. I think that's the first thing that has to be established. The second thing is that that the, that the primary relationship will be honored and that there is still a sacredness around the primary relationship. What I see with many couples is that that gets lost where the primary relationship doesn't have that sense of what makes it unique from the other relationships. It becomes where maybe one partner feels like my my spouse is now spending more time with a secondary partner, a sexual partner. My spouse is forming an emotional connection with this person. And and so I think if you're going to be able to navigate this, there has to be that commitment to the primary relationship. And it has to be honored. There has to be a sense of this is still sacred. Right. And I think it's important for, for that matter for people to be clear about boundaries. Yes. And kind of talking about what you want. Yes. So because at times, you know, people start with good intention and they don't mm-hmm. want to kind of say things because they, they don't want to f- appear uh, maybe like limiting or mm-hmm. kind of yeah. like they not a good partner. So that therefore they kind of hold on these things and they don't share it with their partner. And then, as you said, the primary relationship, primary partner feels that the relationship does not have the same value. And I think too, you know, with the boundaries, you need, you need to be clear on this, the physical boundaries. So, and really specific, you know, okay. Is oral sex. Okay. Mm-hmm. Is touching. Okay. You know, is penetration okay? What kind of penetration? You know, the sex rules also have to have safe sex built into that. Again, you you have to be really specific. You know, what do you need to feel safe sexually? What's okay sexually? And then even the parameters. So does this mean that if you meet someone and you're following our rules that it's okay? Or is there a process where we need to talk about that first and decide, you know, where, when, you know, how long? And all of that, that really has to be established. And then you also have to talk about emotional boundaries. You know, so what social and emotional boundaries are okay? Is it okay for me to have oral sex with this person? But if they're having a bad day and they need to talk on the phone or they need to meet for coffee or a drink, is that okay? You know, so you have to really be clear on what these, what you're opening up the relationship to and what this openness will look like. Right. And I feel you have to be kind of practiced to be comfortable for asking what you need from the relationship. So if you're saying, yeah, whatever you think it's okay, or kind of not being clear, 
that can kind of open up the door for all sorts of miscommunication. So I like that you're talking, uh, thinking through, uh, like recommending people to think through different scenarios. And one of the red flags is if you or your partner says, just do, I don't want to know anything about it. That's not a good sign. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) Not a good sign. And don't just take that and run if your partner says, you know, you can do with this, but don't tell me. I don't know when it happened. That's not a good idea because there is no boundary there. There are no guidelines. And it's concerning that one person doesn't want to know about it. Tell us more. What do you mean by that? You know, if some if the agreement is it's okay with me if my partner has oral sex with other women, okay, right. but I don't want to know about it when it happens. So the question would be, well, what is it that why don't you want to know about it? Mm-hmm. So you're and, feeling like it's because of people kind of like not being comfortable with that arrangement? Yeah. And also what it does is if you don't know anything about it, how will you know if boundaries and guidelines are happening? Right. So, there, so there's, this, there's this need for communication about when we're opening up the relationship, how it's happening, who it's with. And when you, when you kind of close that door because one doesn't want to know about it, that really sets, sets things up for challenges later. Right. I, I, I see it a lot that people kind of feel pressure into agreeing. And then that's one of the statements that I hear that you can go whatever, do whatever you want to do, but I don't want to hear about it kind of deal. Yeah. <laughs> because then it's like, well, why don't you want to hear about it? You know, what is it? Why, if you hear about it, what will that make you feel? Right. Yeah. So, so to me, it's, it's a concern that how, how okay are you with this really? So and also I'm kind of curious for the clients that you work with and they kind of close the relationship. So you, they were in this kind of open round and they feel it's not working for them and they close it. What are some of the reasons that people kind of choose to go back to monogamy? I think there's a realization that perhaps, and they may not know this, like what I, the way that I'm describing it right now, that we, we, there's some challenges in our relationship. This stepping out of the relationship is actually just highlighting those challenges. And so we need to come back to ourselves and figure this out. So that's one of the reasons. Another one will, will be where one partner suddenly is not, this is not, they, they're not as excited about this or there's resentment or there's anger. And so there's this, let's, let's regroup and see what's going on with this. And often it's about that partner feeling like the relationship, the, the primary relationship isn't being honored. Or there has been a violation of trust where rules were broken. And so um, now there has to be a rebuilding. So perhaps one of the rules is um, if you're going to have sex with another girl, if you even start, I'm sorry, if you're going to have a conversation with another person about hooking up with them, I need to know about it. And perhaps this didn't happen. So that is a, a trust, uh, you know, a trust wound. And then it's very difficult to continue on after that. So there has to be this coming back to center. And other times it's uh, sometimes couples will will do this and then realize, oh, you know, that wasn't as fun as I thought it would be or as exciting as I thought it would right, be. Right. And so they just change it up. You know, maybe it doesn't have to look like this. Maybe, you know, it, we, can, I, we can actually just do this and it will be fun and exciting. And I think that, you know, those are, at least for me, those are the, those are the reasons that I see people coming back to the main relationship and closing it back up. Or, um, you know, sometimes things have happened that have just been beyond what either could have imagined. So I'll, I'll just give examples where perhaps one partner falls in love with another partner, with, with someone who was a sexual, only a sexual partner to begin with. Or things happen like unplanned pregnancies, <laughs> right. which, 
things that, that, you know, things like this are, they happen and couples then have, you know, there's a lot that needs to be addressed. So now what does this mean? You know? So again, I think when you're, when you're considering opening your relationship up, you know, this is not something to just do. (laughs) Right. Something that you really have to be so intentional, take it slow, communicate about everything. This is, this is the time for you to ask for what you want, say what you need, express how you feel, because if not, it's just, it's just a bunch of landmines. And I think too, that being, you know, that self-awareness, knowing yourself so that, you know, if perhaps you are trying to tell yourself just what you want to, to hear, that you're telling yourself that you're okay to, to go to engage in these swinging activities with your partner when you're really not. And so you're now doing this with your partner. And to you, it's now feeling like, sexual traumatization because you really don't want to do this. You know, so it's, it's so important to, again, as an individual, know yourself and be honest with yourself. And I think also taking responsibility for your decisions. Sometimes I feel people saying that, you know, she forced me or he forced me into it, pressured me into it. But in reality, kind of like they don't want to take responsibility that maybe they didn't think it through. Maybe they said yes from the place of fear. And I think mm-hmm. this is important for people to kind of each party to take responsibility for their decisions and also kind of responsibility that, okay, maybe this right now I don't want it, or maybe we want to close the relationship so we can work on this other things that you mentioned. And I think too, another question that I think is a, an important one is to ask yourself, you know, what am I asking of this relationship or this person that I need to do for myself? And a lot of times we're not aware of it, but we will project our needs or wants or wounding on other people and seek to resolve those things through this other person. And so by therefore avoiding your own responsibility to do your own work. So that's a big part of this also, you know, looking at your your true motivations, the hidden perhaps secret or unconscious motivations of why you are choosing to be in this open relationship. I feel this is a topic we can talk about it for hours, <laughs> but I know yeah. we are toward the end of our time. Lourdes, I know you have this wonderful, as I mentioned, podcast and you have a great website. So if our listeners want to learn more about you, where would be a good place for them to start? They can find me online at www.lourdesfiado.com and everything's there, you know, the podcast and information about my work. And, um, you know, I, I would love if your listeners wanted to check out the podcast as well. Uh, the full name is Women in Depth, Conversations about the Inner Lives of Women. And we explore what's uncomfortable, unknown, unfamiliar, hidden, and taboo in the lives of women. And I'm an avid listener. So guys, oh, thank you. It's important to, for you guys, if you're into exploring yourself and learning about things, Lourdes podcast is amazing. Lourdes, thank you so much for your time. This was wonderful. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm honored. Hey guys, I hope you found my interview with Dr. Viado helpful. And if you are currently in an open relationship, I'm curious to see how did you guys start it in this path? And what are some of the tips that you guys have for other people who are thinking about opening up their uh, relationship? I'm thinking about releasing an episode specifically talking about the feedback that you guys have sent me. So you can email your feedback and stories to Dr. Moali at sexology.com 
or you can record your voice on our website, sexologypodcast.com, and let us know about the story of how you arrived at the conclusion that open uh, relationship, open marriage is the right fit for you and the tips that you have for the rest of us. All right, I'll talk to you guys next week. Thanks for listening to Sexology Podcast. For more great content, visit www.sexologypodcast.com. Please be advised that information presented on this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health provider.